when the market's like this shift, it's not that money just disappears, it's this transferred, right? It moves around and, and wealth is not something that they get smaller. And so what he talked about is like, you have to start positioning your businesses where during times where everything's positive, you can sell to you know, consumers and everybody. You are listening to the Not For Lazy Marketers podcast, episode number 427. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I have such an exciting guest for you today. Um, Russell Brunson is joining me, who everybody in the digital marketing space knows. And I am so honored to have this interview because Russell, as I think with many people, was my introduction into my business, online marketing. And I joined Inner Circle like it was five years ago, the first time I joined when I was starting my business. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Russell. Yeah, glad to be here. So good to see you again. (laughs) I know, it's so good. So I am super excited. And my first kind of thing I wanna dive into that I'm like so excited to get your perspective on is obviously so much is changing with the industry right now, the economy, you've been around the block multiple times. I have not. And so I'm like, (laughs) what should we be looking out for? I know in your last book you wrote, you kind of were like, something's coming, like get prepared. And and a lot of your kind of predictions that you had have started to come true. Um, So I'm just curious, like, where do you see the industry digital marketing going in the next one to two years? And if you're specifically focused on things in preparation for that or we're kind of in it so (laughs) over the next two years where your focus is as a business definitely we're definitely in the middle of it so that's that's um it's been interesting because like you said i've had a chance to go through one big cycle like this and so this is kind of you know i guess the second one and it's funny because the first time it hit um the lag was slower. Like I saw all the, this when all the real estate market was crashing, all this kind of stuff. And as an internet marketer, digital marketer, I was just like, oh, like, you know, I thought we were above the law and everything. And it hit all of us, but it was, it was later. It was like, like mm-hmm. 12 months, 18 months later is when also hit like the impact from what happened there ended up hitting our industry. Yeah. I think that's one thing is I'm nervous. That a lot of people in our industry is that right now they're like, oh, it's not affecting me right now. It's like, yeah, but yeah, there's, there's something, you know, like it hits and the impact will hit us later. And so it's Delay, definitely- yeah big on preparing those things. So, um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, and I have a cold, so hopefully I don't cough too much to this, but, um, a couple of things, like one of them, uh, that I think is really big people understand is that, um, and you're seeing right now, obviously with Facebook and with other ads, like ad costs are going up. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be time when it drops again, there's going to be kind of, but there's this time where it's like the businesses aren't structured correctly. It's going to be too expensive for them to acquire yeah. new customers. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of things, number one is like, you no, know, now obviously I'm the funnel guy. So it's like, for me, it's like learn how to build a funnel that that lets you acquire, you know, spend more money to acquire customers so you can get people in. But number two is if it gets to the point where you can't, then it comes back down to like really nurturing the customer relationships that you have, mm-hmm. right? Because some people, there may be a 12 month, 18 month year, you know, year and a half window where you're not able to spend to acquire new customers yeah. um, because it's gotten too expensive or whatever. So it's like, if you're not doubling down on like building a relationship and creating good offers and like those things with your existing audience, um, you could be in trouble. And I've had seasons like that in yeah. the last recession where there was no, I couldn't buy ads for a long time. And it was like the relationship with my, with my list, my audience that, that helped us to endure and, and live beyond, you know, during those, yeah. that, that time. I think another interesting thing is, um, and I think you probably know this, but I recently bought my mentor's company, Dan Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first got in this world was right when the, when I got into his world is when the, the recession hit. And at the time, 
<coughs> excuse me, I remember he launched a book called Marketing to the Fluent. He had a, a newsletter called Marketing to the Fluent. And that was his, his whole conversation, like 2008, 2009 was what he was talking about. And so last month I did an interview with Dan and I specifically asked him, I was like, I remember the last time this whole thing happened. This is where you were, you kept talking to everybody. Yeah. I was like, I talk about that more. And it was really cool because he kind of refocused my brain on, on understanding that, that when the market's like this shift, it's not that money just disappears. It's this transferred, right? It moves around and, and wealth is not something that, that gets smaller, just it gets transferred around. And so what he talked about is like, you have to start positioning your businesses where during times where everything's positive, you can sell to you know, consumers and everybody He's like during times of inflation and recession, all these things that are happening, he's like the, the, that middle, the, he, he like drew this pyramid. He's like, you know, traditionally, this is where most of the money is made is in the middle of the pyramid. That's where all of us are marketing to and all of our ads and everything are focused on. He says that during, during this time, these people in the middle, their income drops lower down this pyramid. So they have less money, but the affluent, um, you know, they still have the money. It's like, you have to start transitioning your products and your services to market more to the affluent, to people who actually have money because they still have disposable income. They still have these things, whereas right. um, a lot of others don't. Yeah. And so those are some of the things that I'm thinking about a lot is just relationship with my audience, like attracting people who are more affluent, building funnels that so I can continue to acquire customers. Um, and then, you know, just kind of those things are a lot of the, the things on top of my mind for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like we've been in this for like a year on from my perspective because <laughs> iOS is what started it for yeah. a lot of us. Like so I feel almost like this time around like you're saying digital marketing didn't get hit, but I almost feel like Got we're hit, getting right. hit first and the tech industry is getting hit first and then hopefully we get out of it first, who knows, but um <laughs> I feel like last year iOS is what changed it cuz ad costs went up and it really made people if they didn't have the sales conversion on the back end had to figure it out and i think there's slightly like a purge happening which is kind of what a recession does right it's like it makes you either step up or you don't and and you're done in that time period and i think it's pushing people who don't have um like you said the the back end and and a real you know solid business back end and um about the you know leveraging your warm audience I swear every one of our clients, we've had to create some sort of like flash sale, flash promotion, cash <laughs> infusion in the last like two months to do exactly that and leverage the warm audience. So I think that's really important for people. Yeah. And it shows kind of like what you've been doing the last couple of years hasn't been good enough is now yeah. going to shine the light on that for sure. And what's interesting though, if you think about this, like this is also, if you look at historically, all the comp the big companies nowadays are the ones who like for most part started or like survived during the, the worst times. And so it's kind of fascinating, like if we're able to figure out the skill sets to be able to, to do well during this little window, mm -hmm. which who knows if it's a year, if it's three years, whatever that the, the window is, um, like that's, you know, the next decade afterwards will become the biggest company because there's no, like all of the competitors, all of the noise, all the stuff starts falling away. And then we inherit in 18 months from now or whatever the, the, it looks like a market where ads are back to normal. We yeah. don't have all the competitors, all that kind of stuff. And we have this window of time where, where you can really just just right. really dominate. The opportunity is there again. Yeah. <coughs> That's it. And, and I think is going to make ads less expensive again, because it's going to push sure. out those, those people you put in your last book, you said basically, which I stuck with me since I read it. Cause it's true. Like Facebook doesn't really care about the little marketers. Like they actually want the people with the huge ad spends and they unfortunately make it harder for businesses who aren't spending millions on ad spend. Yeah. Do you feel like, I mean, so many people are not a business spending millions on ads. So what should they do if that's the case? And we're moving into the place where it does feel like those businesses who are trading dollar for dollar, who don't have a lot of budget, 
they just are struggling to market everywhere. Yeah. Um, there's different mindsets, you know, there's, you know, part of it is just like looking at where attention, attention shifts and, and moves places. Right. And then, um, and I talk about in the book, like usually when the attention shifts a new platform, usually it's cheaper or it's free for mm-hmm. a while. And like, look right now, that's what's happening with TikTok, right? Like, yep. like TikTok attention shifting there right now. It's free. The algorithms like serve people. So, yeah, you know, that there's a good spot there, especially if you don't have money to go in there and, and play that game to get, to get attention. Um, there's others though, who, <coughs> excuse me, um, it, it, you know, you may not have millions of dollars in, in budget, but again, it comes down to like, just really figuring out, um, like how to increase. I mean, Dan Kennedy talks about this all the time. Like whoever can spend the most money to acquire a customer mm-hmm. wins. So how do you make it so you can spend more money to acquire a customer? You know, I've been going back through all my funnels and all my sales processes and like really it's been fun. Cause we have to look at it again. Like, Hey, how do we do this different? Like, how do we, mm-hmm. instead of just having a funnel, how do we move someone from funnel one to funnel two? Like, and, and as soon as we can connect that and bridge that gap, then it becomes, becomes really easy. The other interesting thing that we've been doing a lot of that um, I just mentioned, I just recently started talking about this. And every time I do people like their ears perk up because mm-hmm. um, one thing we're doing is we're actually pretty aggressively buying companies right now. Mm-hmm. And you might think, Oh, I don't have money to buy a company, but almost all of the acquisitions we have done over the last 12 months have not been something that's cost me money out of my pocket. They're businesses who are struggling right now where the ad costs went up, whatever happened. And they, mm-hmm. <laughs> they got nervous or they're stressed out or they don't want to do it anymore or whatever. And they're just like, I don't want to do this business anymore. And they're, they're not in a spot where they can sell it to like a real, you know, to, to a venture capitalist or a PE firm or, you know, something like that. And so they have this, this asset that that's valuable. There's customers or things like that, but they don't, they're just kind of freaked out. And so what I've been doing with these companies is I, if, especially if they're good fit in for, you know, front end for click funnels. Other times it's just because I see a really good opportunity. Mm-hmm. We're coming and acquiring these companies and um, and we're not even paying money up front. We're saying, okay, I'm gonna buy this company for X amount of dollars and we're gonna pay you from the revenues. And they're like, sure, give them a contract. And then they give us the entire company. Now also we acquire a customer list of a million people or 10,000 people or 100,000 yeah. people. And now I have this whole new customer list we can start marketing to mm-hmm. that I just acquired literally for free. I yeah. make money from that list and I paid the, the note back and then when it's done, I, I own the company and I own the customers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so a lot of times like I can't buy ads on Facebook, but can I buy a company who has over the last five years been buying ads, has a big customer list that now I can acquire that customer list and I can use them to sell my own products or their, their products more efficiently or whatever yeah. those things are. So it's just being creative about, man, if I can't necessarily pay for the ads, can right. I get for free on TikTok? Can I, can I buy a company that has it? Can I do more joint ventures? Can I find other people who, again, have spent the last five years on Facebook building big sources of leads? And now yeah. we do cross promotions and things like that. Um, you know, so it's just kind of thinking outside of the, outside of the box a little bit. Yeah. And how you get to the end result for sure. You just make it a, a non-negotiable to get to the success and figure out what you need to change and do to get there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. That was, that's cool to see too, what you guys are doing. One of the things I always love about you is you're very creative with like, let's try this and let's try this and move super (laughs) fast. And you, you just love what you do. And that comes through in everything that you do and how quickly you move and you're not afraid to fail. I think that's also really cool. Like you're not afraid to try something and be like, let's see if it works. And then if it doesn't, we'll just keep going. (laughs) So I I think that you are, you've always embodied that as an example for people. and, And I loved learning that, especially when I'd come to inner circle and, and hear what you guys are up to next. It's always something. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fun. Cause I think most people, um, they get nervous about trying stuff or they're afraid, like if they failed their failure. Um, and I was lucky. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs who, who had chance to do athletics have a lot of success, have lot, not more success, but they're, they're better. They're better at failing mm-hmm. and not taking it personally. Right. 
Yeah. Um, and also the entrepreneurs I coach, the ones who are athletes, like they can mess up and fail. And it's just like, oh, I, I, I lost the basketball game. I'm gonna go practice and then come back for the next game. Whereas yeah. a lot of times people who haven't, they, they're like, they have so much fear of like, oh, if I fail that I'm a failure. And they, they've never done that thing where they fail, go practice and come back and beat the yeah. person the next time. And business is the same way. It's just like, okay, try it, failed. Oh, okay. Well, let me try again. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think we always think that everyone's looking at it's like, oh, it's a big failure. But you know, if I promote something, I email my list, I do a bunch of work and it doesn't work. Well, you don't really know is me and maybe yeah. my team. Everyone else right. is like, like I've had a chance. I've had offers that have completely flopped and like a dozen people maybe buy them. And those people are like, that was the best offer ever. Yeah. I'm like, really? Cause you were yeah. the only person that yeah. bought it. Don't tell yeah. anybody else. But And yeah. the learning from it. That's what I always tell people. It's like, even if you literally sell zero, but you're able to have conversations and figure out what people want and what you are missing and how you can improve it next time. Like it's not a lost effort. You just go to the next thing. So yeah. Yeah. So you're still failing even at your level right now, right? <laughs> oh, we, we made, I can't tell the details, but yeah, I made the biggest mistake of my entire life last year and I'm paying for it right now. Nobody knows. Yeah. And eventually we'll like, we'll, we'll clean it up to a point where it's like, oh, but you can share it. Yeah. We, we acquired something we probably shouldn't have and it cost way more than we should have. And yeah. And then it didn't convert into, yeah. Like, so it was a big mistake. Yeah. It's like, oh crap. Okay. Well, yeah. How do we, what's that phrase? I had to turn lemons into lemonade or whatever. It's yeah. like, that's kind of where I'm like, okay, well, we have these assets. Like it didn't work the way that we had vision. Yeah. What can we do with this now? And so now it's become this fun thing of like, let's create something different. And now it's finally starting to work. I'm like, okay, over time, you know, we thought this would be profitable within a year. It's probably gonna take us three or four years, but it's still going to be good. Just, yeah. you know. Not exactly so, how you thought it was going to play out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the learning from it. And, and I just think that's so important for people to see, because I think the the one of the two things that I've watched you do so much is that not afraid to fail. And then how quickly you get back up and try the next thing. And I think I, you know, think that that speed is really important in business too. And a lot of people get paralyzed when something doesn't work and then they just yeah. sit there for like months and are wondering why they're, you know, not making progress in their business. Yeah. I heard a quote from Joe Vitale when I first got started. So this is probably like man, 17, 18 years ago. And then he just recently wrote a book by this title as well, which is kind of interesting. But I remember him saying, he said, money follows speed. And, mm. and I remember thinking about that because I was like, okay, well, that's the case. I don't want to sit around, you know, wait, yeah. if money follows speed. Like, okay, let's, let's, yeah. let's move and let's have, you know, momentum is a big, you know, the key, like if you're in momentum, like things just start showing up is when people aren't and they're waiting or they're nervous, whatever, like mm -hmm. nothing can show up. But when you're momentum, you're moving forward. Even if you're make, making mistake after mistake, that's when the right people start showing up. That's when the right yeah. opportunities and things start showing up because you're moving forward. So yeah. yeah. And the one thing you can control is how and when you show up, like you can't control the economy and all these other things, but you can control how you show up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So moving into that on speed, I, I have a lot of clients and I know so many business owners who are experiencing kind of like pivoting right now. So I want to ask your opinion on like, there's this balance, right? Cause you coming into inner circle, you're always like, everybody has multiple businesses, cut it down to one, like focus. Right. And there's the importance of focus, but then there's also, I feel like, especially in times like now, the need to pivot, pivot offers, pivot messaging. And I have personally had so many people be like, well, this worked a year ago, so I'm not going to change it. Like this offer worked. And so talk to me a little bit about that. And like, when you know it's the right time to pivot or pivot an offer. And, and I know you've, you know, launched new things or changed things frequently in, in your career. And so let's talk about that because I think it's happening a lot right now. And the faster you pivot, I think the faster you're going to make it through. Yeah, for sure. So in, um, so I'm a wrestler, obviously in wrestling, we do this, like when I'm wrestling somebody and 
let's say I take a shot, right? And I get the shot the first time. The guy knows, okay, Russell's going to shoot, the, you know, shoot a high crotch this side. And so the person starts like adjusting and correcting. And so if I shoot it the second time, it's usually not there. Right. And so with wrestling, I'm always, I'm like, if you ever watch wrestlers wrestling, they're moving, they're, they're juking, they're mm-hmm. trying to do different things. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out like, where's the opening? Where are you going to overreact? Where's something going to happen? If I do this, he's going to reach. Therefore it opens up this, this angle for me to get in there. Right. When I speak on stage, it's very similar. Like when I'm talking, um, we call these trial clothes, but I'm like saying little things to get the, I'm getting the pulse of the audience. Like, what are they doing? Are they reacting? Are they not reacting? Like, mm-hmm. What things are they? And so I'm always doing these things when I'm on stage speaking, trying to get reactions to fill the audience. And then if, if they get more excited about something, I'm going to go deeper there. Or if they don't, I kind of, I'm like, oh, that didn't land. I'm going to like shift over here. And so the same thing is true with our business. Like it, it, the reason why I podcast and I post on social media and I'm doing Instagram, and I'm doing all these kind of things is I'm doing these trial clothes. I'm doing these tests. I'm throwing little ideas out there and little hints and, and content and, and potential offers. And just to see like what the reaction coming back is. And if nobody responds back, then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to do that. Cause I'm always feeling, cause I feel the same way. Like I was, I'm always like, hey, this, like this is going to shift. This may disappear. Like I got to know like what's like, what's the next path or what are people excited? What's the what's the pulse on the market mm-hmm. today? <clears throat> so I can make sure that I'm matching the the offers and the messaging with that. A lot of times you can keep the same offers, just the messaging has yes, to shift, 100%, right? Yeah. But um, like for example, the other day, um, I had this idea for for a product, and if I do this, it's going to take a lot of time. But I was like, hey, I'm gonna write a book called like Marketing Secrets. But I'm gonna co-brand it so you can. You could buy the, the rights and have like marketing secrets for dentists or marketing secrets for authors, or whatever. And I'm, like, I'm not sure if I'm going to do this project or not, but if you're interested, like, let me know. And I just post that on social. I think I mentioned also in the podcast. Mm. And from that, I probably had 50 or 60 people hitting me up like, oh my gosh, I would do that. Like, I was like, and so I'm hearing that. I'm like, oh, that's an offer that like would actually yeah. be really, really cool. Yeah. I did something else where I had something, I can't remember. It was some kind of event or something where I was like, I'm thinking about doing this thing where I would teach about this, whatever. And something I was yeah. really passionate about. And I posted that and it was just like, no one said anything. I was like, <laughs> okay, that's not what they definitely what they wanted. They would have, yeah. I would have, I would have felt something coming back if that was like the thing that they wanted, right? So I was able to yeah. just kind of like I'm just testing, right? I'm like, I'm pushing someone's head to see if they're going to overextend. I'm doing something just to see what's happening. <laughs> and so I think that's a big part of it is just um, this is where the pivoting stuff happens. Like it's something that shouldn't be just like, oh crap, I got to pivot. Right. It's something you're always just like throwing little messages and ideas and just thoughts out there, seeing what people are responding to, and then looking, okay wow, like people are really interested in this concept or in this product or this offer. Let me go a little deeper down there. And then you can test things, right? And then doing, doing a free offer, doing a small version, doing something small. And then it's like, okay, that worked really good. Now that's when it's like, I got to pivot. Okay, well, mm-hmm. I know this is like what people are raising their hands for. Let me shift there. And now you've got some idea yeah. as opposed to just, just guessing. Because guessing can be, can be scary, especially if you guess wrong, right? Yeah. Like if I just go and shoot a shot on somebody, I lunge and I miss it. Like, right. And you put all this work into it and stuff. Yeah. So I think the important thing that you're saying is you pretty much are always pivoting. Like you're always at least open to pivoting and staying loose to that. And I think that's something I've learned as a more like very want everything in controlled and systemized type of person of like, that's not really business. Like you have to be open to things aren't going to work how you thought they were, or you're going to have to change something. And then the second thing I think is always being connected to your customers and to your audience because they have the answers. And so if you don't even have a big audience, you still can go find people to talk to and you still can get on Zoom. And, and that's something I tell people that are like just starting out like interview. I think Alex Sharfin teaches that too. And so that connection to your audience and your customers is really important. And I've watched, I feel like especially in our space, there's this like, 
um, glorified thing of like becoming super removed from your business and it runs without you, which is great. But people do it really soon and then they end up like six, 12 months down the line paying for it because they got disconnected from their audience. They didn't change anything. They kept doing the same exact thing with their marketing, their offer and all that. And now everything's falling apart. I don't know if you've seen that, but I've definitely witnessed that oh, yeah. a lot of times. <laughs> all the time. It's a big reason why people ask me like, why are you still doing this? Why don't you just be done? I'm like, first off, I love the game. So that's like yeah. number one. Number right. two, it's like, yeah, like this is <laughs> like, if I don't have my pulse on the market, what's happening, then like, yeah. Yeah, I can lose everything. And that, that scares me too. Yeah. I want to add one more. Cause you gave two. the third thing I would say that also is helpful when you're pivoting and thinking about pivots is, um, and I learned this man, back in the day, I, I was studying Jay Abraham a lot and I noticed Jay, he was not like super creative, but Jay was really good. Like, what are people doing in this industry that they aren't doing over here? And then he still ideas and moved over here. Right. And that's a lot of what he's doing. Mm. Um, and I think, so for me, like the reason why I launched Inner Circle, my Inner Circle initially is because I wanted to get a whole bunch of people from a bunch of different industries, yeah. right? Like we had people like you who ran agency, we had people who were software, we had people who were supplements, we had people like, mm -hmm. and so it was really cool because I could see different like industries, what people were doing and like cross, you know, look yeah. across the, the lines. Um, one of the companies that I just, uh, we just closed on Friday, we haven't publicly announced it yet, but it was a supplement company. Someone, you actually know them, they're on your circle. They built a very successful supplement company and ad costs went up. I think I know up. who it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know, we bought their company. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> wow. But ad costs went up, product costs went up and they, they understood a very traditional way to grow the business. And it was mm -hmm. becoming, uh, in that traditional way, not working very well. And so they didn't pivot. They're like, ah, it's not working. It's not working. So they decided to sell it. And so yeah. I looked at it, I said, wow. Like I understand that world. I don't understand why those levers aren't working, but there's this other industry over here. And if you just shifted to here, from here to here, yeah. this becomes a hundred million dollar business just by making a shift. And so yeah. we're able to acquire it over here, knowing that this model is not working as well as it was a year ago. We're going to shift it to here. And I might be wrong. I might, I might be gambling and it's, it's a dumb yeah. thing, but we're going to transition it. I think what will happen is it's going to, it's going to pop. And it wasn't me taking, using same assets, same, same branding, same products, same everything, just shifting the model. And mm. I think it's going to explode. And that's yeah. the, the bet I took on it. So it's like, same thing as like looking at other industries to understand, like, like maybe yeah. the, the things in, that I'm, that I, you know, they're in my, my line of sight that aren't working. Maybe it's just like, there's someone yeah. else that, and that's when networking and going to events and just getting other ideas, listening to other right. podcasts where you're getting ideas from people that think differently. That's where like, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, yeah. I could just shift it like this. And then it, magically works again like how do I yeah. how do I do that and that's so important as a CEO is like creating that time that's something that I remember when you told us that you had someone read books for you and then like summarize the books and how much studying you do but I really think like everybody that I look up to as successful businesses creates time to just like think come up with ideas look at what other people are doing study and I mean you're like so much knowledge because of all the books and studying you've done and how much you love doing it, I feel like. But that's really important that you step out of like the day-to-day -day only what you can see and you're able to think differently and create that space for sure. Yeah. So okay, there's fun. one more thing I want to ask before we wrap up um, because I, you know, admire how big of a company you've built. And I know that I have 20 employees and I always look at people who have way more employees and have so much more pressure. And, right. you know, I've been in places where it's like, every two week countdown to payroll and you've got to get the the money in and that pressure at the size I'm at. How do you like, how have you built protection and tolerance to that over the years and handle that? Cause I'd imagine, you know, knowing what I know now, it's like, it still could probably be a lot. I mean, I'm sure you're set up to where if something happens, you're still fine. And that's probably how, but I mean, how do you handle like all the employees, all the pressure, like everything that's on your shoulders as one person? 
Yeah. So <laughs> that is a great question. And I feel it a lot. Um, I think last count between uh, full-time employees and like contractors, I think ClickFunnels is like 400 and something wow. people. So that's a lot of people. Um, but I do remember the times when we had teams of 10 or 20 people and like having like, like the worst, the worst one ever was, I remember writing checks and there wasn't money in it. And I remember my, my friends calling me the next day, like mm. we just bought something and our thing bounced and our, we looked at our, oh our check didn't bounce. And what's, what should I do? And what should I do? And like, and freaking out, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought we had money account. Apparently we don't. So like, yeah. then, you know, and like, oh, it's the worst thing in the world. So a couple of things, um, a couple of things is like, <laughs> excuse me. Number one is, um, uh, Dave Fry actually told me this initially. I don't know if you know David or not, but he, he said, if you don't have continuity, you don't have a business. You can have a product or an offer, but if you don't have continuity, you don't have a business. And so mm -hmm. a big part of it initially was like, if I wanted to grow a team, I have to have something that's predictable and reliable. Right. And so when we had click funnels, that was the first time I really had like predictable income where it was recurring. We knew it was coming in. And then from that, we, we know what the budget, like employees, like are, you know, I, I don't know the number on top of my head. My operations yeah. people would know, but it's like whatever percentage of of the the residual coming in is employees. And so we know like this much of the budget goes towards employees. And so based on that, like we know how much we can hire, we can't hire. And if the recurring goes down, that budget shrinks, we have to let people go or goes, you know, but there's never, mm -hmm. it, because it's the percentage of the whole, it's never where like, oh, there's no money this month, right? Right. Um, I remember Chet Holmes when he was still alive, he, his entire business, he had like 80 or 90 employees. And he structured something, and I haven't done this. I wish if I was to start over a business from scratch, I would try to figure out how to do this, but he, he built it where every single employee in the company was based on a percentage of the sale. And so mm -hmm. he, there was nobody on salary, nobody on whatever. And he said, it was nice because, you know, big months, we all got big checks, small months, we all got small checks, but we were all in it together. We all knew what it was. Mm -hmm. And so there was never the, the fear because it was all just, you know, you were getting, you know, you as the front desk girl got 0.5%. You as the person who this got 0.8%, you know, whatever it was, yeah. but it was all figured out based on that. And, and, um, and it was really cool. So, um, but I think it's, it's structuring your business in a way where it's not getting the first times where I did have those problems. I was just hiring people for a vision right. I was trying to create, as opposed to like, we can only hire based on a percentage yeah. of, of the actual revenue that's guaranteed to come in every month. Right. Yeah. Not based on a product launch or based on like actual recurring. Yeah. And number two is, um, and I think you're more so than this to me is be my guess. I might be wrong, but, um, I am not very operational. I've tried for a decade to do operations on, mm -hmm. and, and, um, and I am just not an operational person. And so no matter how I tried to like set things up and have meetings and all these kind of things and structure, like it'd just be so stressful for me and it never worked well, never stuck. And um, uh, I think one of the key things um, is every business, there's three core personality types that you need to have in a business. Like somebody who's obsessed with whatever your product is, mm -hmm. somebody who's obsessed with the marketing of the thing. And then, and then the third is someone who's obsessed with operations. Mm -hmm. And like when we launched ClickFunnels, this is probably most entrepreneur-based companies. Like it was me and Todd, right? So Todd's building the product. I'm doing the marketing. We're like, that's all we need. Cause like product <laughs> and marketing solves everything. And it started growing. And also we're like, oh, we're screwed, but we didn't yeah. know what to do. So then we like, well, let's just sell more and market harder and make the product yeah. better. And so these two things hit a lot of problems until that point where we had hundred employees and 200 employees. And everything was like this shaky foundation where we're like, in fact, I remember yeah. Brandon and Kaylin came to our office and looked at everything. They're like, how are you guys still in business? I'm like, I don't know. We just make a great product and we're really good at selling it. <laughs> and it wasn't until I found someone who was like really good operations to be like, oh, hey, did you know this is how yeah. things are supposed to work and build out the structure to, to support everything, right? Um, and now it's like, God, like, I don't know how we ever survived without it. Like if I ever start a new business again from scratch, like those are like, something's gotta be obsessed yeah. with product, marketing and operations. Even though operations in our marketing, like our entrepreneur heads doesn't make sense. Like, who needs operations? We're, yeah. we're just growing. We don't need teams. Yeah. And, but like, 
if these two do their, their job, right. Right. Then instantly you're gonna need people in place to catch them. Yeah. So it's like, those are the three, three things. So like, if you're someone like me, who's not operational at all, like I'd find an operational partner or somebody to be part of it. So that as you're growing, those things can be in place. Otherwise mm-hmm. you do dumb things like I do, where it's like, Oh crap, we have no money for payroll. Let's just go sell something again. Right. As opposed to like, Hey, we probably shouldn't have all these people working for us because we don't right. have any money coming in. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you know. so, and you had to go through those experiences to learn it. And I've been there too, where it's like, we're hiring just because I think I need help instead of trying to look at how efficient we could be at what we're already doing and doing more with less. Yeah. So, have you ever read the book rework by the way? No, it's like, I it's haven't. a really fast, like an hour long read. Yeah. Um, it's by the guys who started base camp and stuff, but, um, Oh, I actually have a long time okay. ago. I did read that. Yeah. Yes. One of the chapters, and this is like every problem I had in business, I read rework. I was like, Oh, if I read that like yeah. 10 years ago, but one of them was only hire when it hurts. Mm. And like, cause force like hiring. Cause like, Oh, like I need this thing or I'm creating this yeah. thing or whatever. It's like, no, no, only hire when it hurts. Like do the thing, like have one person do way too much until it starts hurting, then alleviate the pain. Not like, Oh, I think we're going to open a division. That's going to do this thing. Yeah. So I'm going to hire these people. And like, like only hire when it hurts was like one little nugget from that book that was just like, oh, like it's I wish so I true. Understood yeah. That. And I feel like as I mean, I'm not even nearly as at your level, but I feel like as you grow, you just get less efficient unless you get obsessed with that. And and it's easy for it's so easy for the team to also come and be like, we need this person and we need this person. I'm like, who's going to pay for it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make more money and then we can hire. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, last question is just when, when you like, what have you learned over the last, you know, several years running your company and like handling those times where you said like you had a big failure or something feels like, you know, you don't, you're like, I just want to, you know, quit tomorrow. <laughs> Not really, but you just have that thought for a second. Cause I've been there, especially last year when like iOS updates hit, it was really rough for me for a few months. Yeah. What have you learned and how to handle that? Um, you know, part of it is just, it's, it's hard. And I think a lot of times we, we have this mistaken belief that it's not going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And so when it gets hard, like, oh, but like there's times that are hard and there's seasons that are hard. Um, and so, that, so that's, that's a big part of this first up, you know, okay, like this can happen. And sometimes this is going to suck and it's not always going to be like sunshine and roses. And that's yeah. true in anything good in life. Like yeah. I look at with my kids, like there are more times, especially right now as they're all teenagers, there's more times than not that it is not fun. It is yeah. horrible, right? Marriage, there's hard times, like all these mm-hmm. different things. Um, and so to be able to survive the hard times is really understanding like the mission or the vision of what you're trying to create and be able to have a very mm-hmm. crystal clear picture of that. Right. Um, like I have very clear pictures of what I want um, my relation with my kids to be. And so I can like endure the pain because I know that like it's getting towards this thing. It's into my marriage, like the times that are tough, in my marriage like, well, but I know what I, when I know what it can look like. I have a vision of where we're going. Like, so I'm going to hold on because I, there's mm-hmm. the thing it's when you don't see the, we can't see like the vision that's when you lose hope and that's when things collapse. Right. Mm-hmm. And so business is the same thing. Like you gotta have a really clear vision. Um, cause that's, what's going to pull you through it. And if you don't have that, if that vision starts getting fuzzy, yeah. that's okay. Sometimes it happens. Like I've had businesses where I got eventually I'm like, why am I even doing this? and got fuzzy. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, if, if I'm not, if it's not going to be this thing that's dry, like pulling me magnetically towards it, like, that's okay. I can, I can sunset that and like, and create something new. But um, as long as you have that vision, like that's at least for me, what gets me getting up again in the morning. And for me, the vision is tied to like, obviously there's like the growth goals and money goals, but it's more so like the people's lives are changing, the impact having like, and like for me right now, honestly, it's like when I die, like what is, what is my legacy going to be like? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I need to create to make sure that that's going to happen. Um, and yeah. so those are things that keep me going right now, where it's just like, ah, oh, even the hard times I'm like, ah, oh, but I know like yeah. I'm doing this because this thing's going to happen. And then, you know, yeah. you know, and that, that's what really pulls me. And so um, I think it's really getting clear on that. Like, what is the vision? I was actually had a 
I was I had an interview with Dan Kennedy right before we jumped on here. And he said that uh, something he said, he said a lot of people go out there um, target practicing, right? Um, and they have a target, they have a bunch of arrows, and they put a blindfold on, and they're just like shooting like this. Mm-hmm. That's like, like, that's what most entrepreneurs are doing. They're just kind of shooting. They don't have a target. Whereas they're like, if I can see like, there's the target, there's the goal, no blindfold. Like that's where I'm going. Now we can like fight through the days. Yeah. Where like, oh, I don't want to be doing this. Or the, right. the bad emails or the client accounts getting shut yeah. down or the, whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, but you see the target, like that's the, that's the goal. If you can't see a target, I'd almost stop back, stop everything, like step focus back, on that yeah. because, um, if that gets too fuzzy, then you lose hope. And then, then it's just like, you know, a wasted effort at that point. Yeah. So good. I also saw you post, I, I don't know when it was maybe a couple of weeks ago that whenever you, you were going through a harder time and you're like, it's just preparing me for what's next too. And that's yeah. how I like to look at it too. Of like, you have to go through things to build your tolerance to the next thing. Cause if you were to hand me your company tomorrow, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to build the tolerance first to, to handle yeah. the pressure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, what are you working on right now that would be best to send my audience to if they want to get more from you. I know you have so much, so much content, Instagram books, all the things, but where would be the best place for people to go dive in? Um, so the two big things, number one is uh click funnels 2.0 is launching depending where you launch this. We're like 40 days away or something. So that's our biggest thing. I'm most excited. We spent two years rebuilding the platform from the ground up. And so we're so proud of what's become. So that'll be happening here in September. Or I think October 4th is when that actually goes live. <laughs> so if you just follow anything click funnels related, you'll see that. And then uh, for anything following me, if you go to marketingsecrets.com, that's kind of my funnel hub that has links to every book, every podcast, every YouTube, like all the stuff you can find there and, and get a hold of me whenever. So <laughs> awesome. Yay. Well, I'm excited for ClickFunnels 2.0. We use obviously <laughs> use ClickFunnels and so do all of our clients. So that's going to be super exciting. Thank you so much for your time, Russell. I know it's very limited and it's been so inspiring to be behind you, following you. And and you were my introduction into digital marketing and starting my business. And so I'll be forever grateful for that. Oh, so cool. Great seeing you again, Emily. I appreciate you doing the call and uh, love watching all your success, success you're having. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Not For Lazy Marketers podcast. If you love this episode and want deeper support with your marketing, head over to helpmystrategy.com to see how Hirsch Marketing can help take your marketing to the next level no matter where you're at today. We help our clients scale faster than ever, find hidden leaks in their funnel, experiment with new creative marketing strategies, and help their business explode and be more profitable than they ever dreamed possible. Head over to helpmystrategy.com and see if you qualify for a free strategy audit with Team Hirsch.